Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Good day, listeners, and welcome once again. Have you ever imagined what it would be like to be royalty? to be a prince or a princess in the royal family, the castles and crowns and gowns, the suits and swords and servants. When we are kids, we all want to be a king or a queen, a prince or a princess. As we get older, those dreams fade. But many of us still like following the royals or watching the program The Crown on Netflix. A couple of months ago, the American Meghan Markle married into the royal family. That was a pretty big deal. Once an actress and a model, she is now a duchess with all the trappings of royalty. But with that royalty comes responsibility as well, doesn't it? Gone are her acting and modeling days. The duchess is now learning to lead a very different life. A new life with a whole new set of rules and behaviors. She is learning to live according to who she now is and that is royalty. But here is the interesting thing, listeners. To be a Christian is to be part of God's royal family. The Bible calls believers heirs of God's glory, a royal priesthood, sons and daughters of the Most High. God has adopted us as His children, made us by grace through faith part of the kingdom of God. Christ is King and the church is his bride. We've married into the royal family. So you can say, as Christians, we are princes and princesses of the kingdom of heaven. Think about that. If you are a believer, you really are royalty. You might not always feel that way at the moment, but one day you'll be given a crown of glory. And Jesus himself said in Luke 22, that we will sit on thrones. To be Christian is to be part of the most royal family of all. And with that royalty comes responsibility. The responsibility to live in a new way, a way worthy of someone who is a member of the household of God. This is what we are taught in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. After explaining to his listeners and readers everything that God has done for them in Jesus Christ, he says in Ephesians 4, 1, I therefore urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Just like the new duchess must learn to live in a new way now that she is a royal, so we as believers need to learn to live in a manner worthy of our identity as princes and princesses of the kingdom of God. Yes, that can be difficult. Old habits die hard and sinful patterns in our lives can be difficult to change. New habits and new patterns of behavior, a life more suitable to the royal family of God, this can be difficult. But with the empowering Holy Spirit in our lives and with diligent, intentional obedience, we can change. You and I can learn to live the life God desires for His children. Yes, we can learn to live a life worthy of a prince and of a princess. 
In Ephesians 4, 31-32, Paul describes a bit of what that life looks like. We read there, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. The inappropriate behavior, the behavior that we now need to put away as members of the royal household of God, includes all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, or loud protesting, slander, and malice, which is the desire to harm someone. Instead, we need to learn to act in a new way, a better way. We must be kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving. Imagine for a moment that you just tasted something very bitter. Yuck! It tasted awful. What happens to your mouth when you taste something bitter? It distorts, doesn't it? It twists up. You make a face because of the bitter taste. Well, you know what? That can happen to your heart as well. Bitterness is a jaded, cynical resentment that distorts your heart, twists you up, and makes your life ugly. It has no place in the life of a believer. But that is easier said than done, isn't it? Because bitterness tends to grow in our lives like a weed. Weeds can grow in a lawn and take over if you aren't careful. And that happens with bitterness in your life, too. It grows like a weed, strangling and killing what is good, taking over, spreading into all of life. If your life, if your heart was a lawn, what would it look like? Do you have any weeds that need pulling? Maybe your bitterness is about certain people in your family. Maybe you are bitter about something that happened at church. Maybe your bitterness is a weed that finds its roots way back in the past. Maybe you're feeling bitter right now as you are listening to this. Friends, God wants so much more for you. Christians, says Paul, put away the bitterness. Be done with it. Refuse to live that way anymore. Pull those weeds and get out some spiritual roundup and spray them dead. In Hebrews 12:15, we read, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Listen to that once more, listeners. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Bitterness, says the Bible, grows in our lives when we are distracted from the grace of God. That means the way you kill bitterness is by a renewed focus on the grace of God. So do that. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds by a renewed focus on the grace of God. Meditate on the grace in your life, in the life of your church, in your past. Thank and worship God for His grace day after day. Do that and watch those weeds of bitterness, as well as the weeds of wrath and anger and clamor, and slander as well as malice, watch as they begin to shrivel. And then in their place cultivate the flowers of kindness, tenderness, and forgiveness. This, friends, 
is how you live as a member of the royal family of God. You can do it. The Apostle Paul tells us to forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. That is classic biblical logic. Paul sets our eyes on what Christ has done for us. He sets our eyes on who we are in Christ, the forgiven people of God, chosen, loved, blessed, saved, forgiven, adopted, and clothed in the righteousness of Christ and united to Him as a church, heirs of the glory of God, a royal priesthood, the bride of Christ, princes and princesses in the kingdom of heaven. Yes, this is who we are. This is what Christ has done. So now we're called to live in a manner worthy of that. Most kids and some of us adults dream of being royalty. If you're a Christian, that dream, that royalty is now a reality in Christ. And with royalty comes responsibility. So remember, listeners, who you are. Remind yourself and be reminded of the grace of God, your identity in Christ, the fact that you have been brought into the family of God, and then go out and be kind and tender-hearted and forgiving, as Christ has been kind and tender-hearted and forgiving towards you. Friends, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you trust in Him for your life and death, then you are dearly loved. You are royal princes and princesses in the kingdom of God. Learn to live like it. Till next week, the Lord willing, thank you for listening.